0: Welcome back to The Lure of a Traitor, Chapter 3. Natalie's phone buzzed as she hung her uniform up in her locker for the evening. When she saw who the caller was, she debated whether or not she should even answer. Deciding it was better not to ignore the woman, the fourth precinct, Star told me about the transfer. Cora was starting to lose her patience. Now hurry up and get your ass out here! The taxi meter is running! Natalie groaned and hung up lightly sprinting towards the exit the last thing she needed was for her new coworkers to see who the last thing she needed was for her new coworkers to see her get into a taxi with these women when she pushed open the large glass door she was pleasantly surprised to find cora dressed in modest clothing natalie looked past her and was happy to discover that the other woman in the cab wore the same attire Jeans and a t-shirt with her green hair and a sloppy bun. They looked exactly like her. Normal. Natalie breathed a sigh of relief and hugged Cora before climbing into the cab. She hugged Stara as she settled into the vehicle, trying to hide her smile. And here I thought I'd be spending my birthday alone. You only turned 30 once, babe, Cora laughed. I hope you can handle that gun of yours with nails, because we are heading to the best salon in town. Guys, I don't make the same kind of money as I used to, Natalie stated hastily. What kind of friends would we be if we made you pay for anything on your birthday? Stara sat up in her seat, twirling a loose lock of green hair as she snapped her gum. We've been saving up for this night for weeks, Cora winked at her, nailed. Nails, hair, dinner, and dancing. If you want drinks, though, you're going to have to charm a few men, Stara giggled. (laughs) We're not that loaded. The last thing I need right now is a hangover, Natalie laughed. Thanks, guys. They both wrapped her in a hug, laughing and joking as the taxi took them downtown. Once they were deposited at the city's shopping district, Stara paid the driver and the night began. Cora drugged them both into the hair salon first. Natalie hadn't had her hair cut in years. She ended up apologizing at least a thousand times while the beautician combed through her dark, thick, tangled curls. The man had simply laughed and offered a relaxer treatment to help her manage the wild mane. She declined, happy with her natural, pain-in-the-ass hair. He washed, trimmed, and straightened it for the evening, assuring her that the curls would come back as soon as she showered. Stara had her roots touched up, and Cora decided to go all out and shave off her afro, bleaching and dyeing the remaining hair orange. Stara harassed her about taking forever, but Natalie simply enjoyed her time with them. She couldn't remember the last time she'd gotten to just be herself. By the time they entered the nail salon, she'd forgotten all about the transfer, how much she hated her new job, at how much of a dump her new apartment was. "'Oh, my God,' Cora gasped, whispering as she pointed to a nail technician's table. "'Girls, look!' "'Natalie's eyes grew wide as she spotted the copper-colored dragon. "'The nail tech had him laying on his back with his little claws in the air "'as she sharpened his talons. "'Copper was surrounded by towels with a little black eye mask over his face.' His tail and wings drooped lazily over the sides of his makeshift bed, twitching slightly as the technician moved to a new talon. He looked positively comfortable and absolutely adorable. Natalie was having a very hard time not laughing at the sight. Great, Stara groaned. Well, that's one way to ruin a perfect girl's night. Sorry, hun. Looks like we'll have to bail on the nails. Why? "'Natalie said sternly. "'You're doing nothing illegal. "'Besides, this is what I was looking forward to most.' "'Yeah!' "'Cora stepped up to the counter. "'Come on, you chicken!' "'Are you nuts?' "'Stara hissed at them in a harsh whisper. "'If that thing is here, Sergeant Killjoy is too. "'Let's go!' "'Mr. Grumpy Gills doesn't scare me,' "'Natalie whispered back. "'Unless that purse of yours is filled with drugs.' Stara hugged the bag to her chest defensively. Natalie was about to chew her out for bringing illegal substances to her birthday fun when Cora called them over. She'd get her later. Right now, she needed to pick out her nail color. "'I'm sorry, ladies, but I don't have enough tables to seat all of you at once,' the young woman behind the counter said, looking over her shoulder at the pampered dragon with annoyance. "'If it helps,' Natalie piped up. "'I don't mind sitting next to him.' I work in the same building with the little guy." The girl looked immediately relieved. In that case, ladies, please follow me. The technician sat Natalie at the open manicure table next to Copper, while the others were seated in the back of the salon. It was probably best that Stara and her purse full of illegal goodies were now the furthest spot away from the creature as possible. The dragon was sharp, but he was also off the clock. Even if he did smell what was in that bag. "'Natalie doubted he'd do anything about it, "'not to mention the fact that he seemed to be perfectly distracted at the moment. "'Natalie chose to have a basic manicure done with a pretty dark purple polish, "'handing the bottle over to the technician as she sat. "'The woman set to work, and Natalie found herself staring at the completely relaxed animal on the table beside her. "'She lost every ounce of composure she had when Copper's technician brought out a large buffer "'and began polishing his scales on his belly.' The little dragon's tongue fell out of his mouth, and he started gently kicking his hind foot, much like a dog in the middle of a good belly scratch. Natalie laughed, covering her mouth with a hand the nail tech wasn't working on. Both technicians found the direction amusing as well, smiling and talking about it in their own native language. Upon hearing Natalie's laughter, Copper flipped himself over and swatted the mask from his face, ready to hiss at the offending stranger. When his eyes locked on her familiar face, his venom vanished instantly. "'I'm sorry to laugh, little one,' she said aloud quietly, "'but that was too cute.'" Copper looked her over, snorted a puff of smoke at her, and laid back down. The amazed technician started polishing his underscales and then tapped the dragon lightly, letting him know it was time to move on to his side. As the tech moved the buffer over the already glimmering animal, His scales became mirror-like. The creature was so reflective that he was nearly glowing. He glared at Natalie without saying a word, his eyes glinting with curiosity and wonder. She ignored his gaze, looking around for his owner. Natalie spotted Hale in a pedicure chair on the other side of the room. He looked like he was asleep. He had his eyes closed and his hands folded in his lap his body moving gently from the chair's massage rollers. She shook her head and smiled at the dragon, whispering to him in her head, At least you guys know how to take care of yourselves. (laughs) What an ironic statement, he whispered back, leaning into the polisher for a good scratch, considering we're here because Zach can't trim his own nails. Natalie looked at the man again, realizing now that he definitely wasn't asleep. He was carefully inspecting his freshly manicured fingers, gently running each one over the pad of his thumb. He was so independent and cocky that she hadn't thought about just how hard his life must be. <sighs> Suddenly, the scruff on his face and his unkempt hair made sense. Zack couldn't see to style it or shave. She felt bad for judging his appearance yesterday. "'You should talk him into going to the barber next.' "'Natalie whispered as her tech stuck her nails under a UV light. "'I'll see what I can do.' "'Copper yawned as the polisher scrubbed his jaw. "'He doesn't trust a lot of people to touch him, "'and his barber is currently out of town. "'I can't blame him for that.' "'Natalie watched as Zack stood and started putting his shoes on. "'Every move the man made was calculated, careful, "'and to the general observer, normal.' He was incredibly well adapted to his loss of vision. Copper, you almost done? Natalie jumped, surprised to hear Zach's voice so loudly in her head. But then again, he didn't know she was there. Yep, Copper responded. She's finishing my face right now. I should be done by the time you pay. Okay, Zach stated as he tied his shoes. Natalie was enjoying the insight on how the two of them operated. Is there anything I'm going to walk into if I follow the same path out? Nope. Copper stretched as the technician put her tools away. Normally, he'd fly directly to Zack, but he wanted to know what Natalie thought of his polished scales. The little dragon stepped out of his towel nest and hopped onto her table, showing off his wings and doing little turns for her as he whispered, What do you think? Am I shiny enough? (laughs) You're positively blinding. She giggled as he continued his antics. He rubbed his shiny head against her arm and flicked his tongue at her before leaping into the air. See you at work. Natalie turned to watch the animal land gracefully on his human shoulders as he walked out the door. When she turned back to her technician, the woman looked completely astounded, but didn't say anything. She just removed the light from Natalie's nails and walked her over to a pedicure chair. After a few minutes of soaking in the foot bath, Stara was seated next to her. How the hell did you do that? Stara asked as she turned on the chair's massager. Do what? Natalie asked innocently. Don't play dumb. Cora sat beside her. How did you get Hale's dragon to like you? A magician never reveals their secrets. Natalie joked, then allowed a serious tone to slip into her voice. You know, if you two had chosen a different profession, you wouldn't have to worry about him at all. "'Not tonight,' Stara begged. "'We're going to have fun tonight.' "'Yes!' Cora exclaimed excitedly. "'Dinner and dancing!' "'We're not really dressed for dancing,' Natalie laughed, hoping they might forget about that part of the night. Cora grabbed her massive purse from the floor, digging out a small glittery piece of black fabric and a pair of flats. "'Girl, did you really think we wouldn't come prepared?' Natalie groaned, sat back, and tried to enjoy what was sure to be the calmest part of her night. To her dismay, she'd had no idea how true that prediction was going to be. After dinner, a simple meal at a family-friendly Italian place, Stara had dragged her into the bathroom and forced her to change into the dress Cora had brought. When Natalie emerged from the stall, the other two women were wearing similar attire, but with six-inch stilettos and massive hoop earrings. Cora offered her a pair, and she took them, laughing at how ridiculous she felt. "'You might feel silly,' Cora turned Natalie towards the bathroom mirror. "'But honey, you look hot.'" Natalie inspected herself, frowning as she held out her hand to Stara. "'Lipstick, eyeshadow, and mascara. If I'm going to do this, I need a full face of war paint.'" "'Yes, ma'am!' Stara laughed and handed over her entire purse. By the time Natalie was done, she was unrecognizable. Dark, smoky eyes, midnight blue lipstick, straight black hair, pale complexion. She looked like a witch. Natalie applied one more layer of lipstick and handed the tube back to Stara. Cora gently grabbed Natalie's right hand, examining the small silver ring on her middle finger. You know... I'm surprised you still wear this. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad you do. It's just, you know... Yeah, Natalie twisted the little band. I guess I'm sentimental. Anyway, let's go count a few guys out at some drinks. Stara cheered and led the charge out of the restaurant into the club. By the time the taxi dropped Natalie off at her apartment, she was far too drunk and her feet were killing her. She waved goodbye to the girls and sighed as she watched the taxi drive away. She wasn't cut out for working a full day and then partying until the early morning hours anymore. She was too old for this shit. But she had had a lot of fun. Natalie had almost reached the steps of her apartment building when a ruckus rang out from the alleyway. She clutched her brass knuckle key ring and headed towards the sound. She'd really never been able to shy away from danger. It was like she was drawn to it. Inside the dimly lit alley, a group of teenage boys were kicking a plastic sack around. Natalie could see the blood from whatever creature was inside it wetting the thin material. This was unfortunately a commonplace within the city. All right, punks, she called out to them. Move along before I decide to give you the same treatment. What'd you say to us? The oldest boy looked up. Natalie recognized the blue star tattooed over his left eye instantly. Great! Not only was she drunk and outnumbered five to one, but these boys were members of a magic-bearing gang. Natalie dropped her brass knuckles and pulled the small wooden hairpin from her bun. She was thankful she'd remembered to get it back from the hairstylist. As her hair fell, she aimed the pin and took a step towards the group. I said piss off! The boy kicked the bag once more before marching towards her. I think we need to show this chick a good time, boys. They all laughed and started to follow him. Natalie just rolled her eyes and flicked her wrist. The group of boys slammed into the wall of the building to her right. So you guys like picking on defenseless creatures? Natalie smiled at them sweetly. Well, I like knocking some sense into boys like you. She flicked her wrist again, smacking them into the building once more before waving her entire arm to the left. She was satisfied by the sound of their bones crunching against brick, dropping their whimpering forms to the filthy ground. Normally, her magic was difficult to control when she was inebriated, but for some reason, tonight it came to her with ease. Natalie calmly approached the group of now-cowering youths. Scram, before I decide to do worse. Let's get out of here! The leader took off limping, leaving his friends behind as they struggled to stand. Natalie watched them leave before she put her hair back up, expertly tucking the pin into place. She'd never had a proper wand. Such things were considered blasphemous during her youth, and now they were just too damn expensive. She rarely used her magic anyway. Witches weren't commonplace in police work. They were deemed a risk. Society didn't trust a witch to keep them safe. And why would they? The ancient mages had earned a nasty reputation for magic-bearing people by switching sides mid-fight. Those with political power now kept the stigma flowing by putting out false reports about gang violence and black market dealings. The outbreak of illegal black magic trading didn't help, either. The common person was terrified of anything witch-related. If only they knew just how many politicians, doctors, and lawyers were people of magic. The bag behind her rustled, and she turned to investigate. Natalie fully expected to find a stray kitten or puppy inside. These were common creatures gangs used to initiate new members. She pulled her pocket knife out of her purse, ready to dispatch whatever poor, mangled thing she found. Easy, little one. She hoped her tone was calming as she tore open the bag, gasping at the sight within. Natalie pulled a small, iridescent gray dragon from the sack and cradled it in her arms. It had several broken bones poking through its tough hide and was obviously weak from blood loss. Even in such a state, the creature still managed to hiss at her and feebly bite Natalie's thick, denim jacket. Natalie stood and headed for her apartment. Don't use your energy, little one. The beast glared at her, unsure of what it had just experienced. Dragon's tongue was an extremely rare ability. She couldn't blame the thing for being confused. She chose to keep talking to it. You're not crazy, and I don't expect you to trust me. But I'm going to try to help you, okay? Okay. A week raspy, feminine voice raked against her skull. "'I'm going to tuck you into my jacket so I can get you inside the building.' Natalie slowly opened her clothing to the creature, surprised to find that the beast eagerly attempted to crawl within. Her apartment had a strict pet policy, and dragons were on the top of their not-allowed list. This wasn't uncommon for landlords to do. The little lizards were highly destructive.' Natalie knew she couldn't take the creature to a vet. By law, all undocumented mythicals that were surrendered to a veterinarian were to be euthanized unless they were on the endangered list. Dragons were common stray creatures and considered a nuisance by the city. If Natalie took it to the vet, they'd kill it. So, she decided to risk losing her home. Considering the late hour, she managed to smuggle the lizard into her apartment without issue quickly making a bed for it in her bathroom out of towels. Stay here, little one. I'm going to grab my spell book. The dragon draped over the soft bedding pathetically, wincing in discomfort. Not like I can really move. Natalie ran to her bookshelf, snagging the leather-bound book she'd stolen from a former friend. There was a healing spell in there somewhere. After a few minutes, she found it and smiled. She had the necessary ingredients. Natalie quickly gathered everything she needed, including a small cook pot, and ran back to the bathroom. She was surprised to find that the incident had sobered her up immensely. Perhaps her clarity of thought came from the adrenaline rushing through her. The beast watched her intently as she mixed the potion. Are you some kind of low-budget witch? Natalie laughed. Yes, incredibly low budget, but very capable. We'll see. The little gray dragon snuggled her face into the cloth, closing her eyes against the pain. Natalie couldn't help but wonder if all dragons were as negative as this one in copper. What's your name? she asked aloud, stirring the bubbling mixture gently. Slag. The beast didn't move. Well, hang in there, Slag, Natalie encouraged. This should be ready soon. I am afraid that I'm going to have to set your bones first. Healing them as they are won't do much good. I'll try not to bite you, Slag spoke quietly. No promises, though. Two hours, several bloody fingers, and one melted shower curtain later, Slag was properly bandaged and wrapped up in a blanket on Natalie's bed. The healing potion had knocked the little lizard out, which Natalie was grateful for. She needed to clean up the mess and run to the convenience store down the block. She changed out of her party dress into some sweats and a t-shirt, stuffed all evidence of magic into a trash bag, and grabbed some cash as she headed out the door. When she returned, the little dragon was rooting around in her trash can. Hey, get out of that! I'm hungry. Slag ignored her and kept digging. I figure you would be. Natalie sighed and reached into the rubbish gently lifting the dragon out and setting her on the counter. That's why I got you some things to eat. As she set the grocery sack down, the lizard pounced on it, shredding the plastic sack into ribbons. Natalie patiently picked her up again and set her back on the counter away from the groceries. You have a choice of hot dogs, salami, or Vienna sausages. Can I see them? Slag asked curiously. Natalie suddenly realized that the creature had no idea which one was what. Of course. She smiled at the beast, setting the items before her. This is the salami, these are the hot dogs, and this little can has the sausages. Slag slowly slowly sniffed each one, maliciously attacking the pack of hot dogs. Natalie watched her with sadness in her heart. Slow down and enjoy it, little one. No one's going to take them from you. And I'll pick up something better tomorrow when I come home. You're not going to kick me out? Slag asked, confusion evident on her little gray face. No. Natalie yawned and scratched the small creature's head gently, stopping the instant several scales came off under her freshly painted nails. In fact... I'd be honored if you'd let me be your human. She'd have to find a different apartment and get a permit, but this was probably her only chance to ever actually own a dragon. They, like wands, were insanely expensive. Can I try it out for a few days before I say yes? Slag chewed slowly now. Of course. Natalie watched her new companion. And, if you don't want to stay, that's fine too. Natalie held the packaging for her. I get that. Were your parents dumped? Mom was. Dad was born on the street. Slag had now finished her fourth hot dog and was starting to feel full. Do you want some water? Natalie asked as she stood, opening the cabinet above her to fetch a bowl and filling it in the sink. The reptile didn't reply but gratefully slurped down the cool liquid before yawning. Natalie watched as the creature tried to eat more. Slag, it's okay if you're full. I can put it in the fridge for later. Like I said, no one will take it from you here. Slag looked at her apprehensively before nodding and pushing the processed meat towards her. She watched Natalie intently as she placed the remaining food in a new bag and set it in the refrigerator. The dragon was clearly memorizing where it was located. Natalie smiled at her and picked the critter up gently. Slag shied away from her touch briefly before allowing the action. Natalie set her down on the bed behind them and headed to the bathroom to clean up. When she returned, Slag was out cold, snoring softly. Natalie carefully snuggled in beside her and turned off the light. By morning, Slag was curled into Natalie's side, her bandages barely on. Natalie set out breakfast for the little dragon and got ready for the day. Slag was happily munching away on the counter when Natalie finished dressing. "'I'll be gone for a while.' Natalie grabbed her keys and wallet. "'The salami is on the counter. If you need more water, turn on the sink. I put a bowl in there to catch it for you. Just remember to turn it off. I also left the bathroom window open. Feel free to come and go if you get bored.' Just don't tear anything up or bring others back, okay? Okay. Slag responded as she burrowed down into the bed sheets, poking her head through the folds of cloth as Natalie opened the door. Have a good day, lady. Mm, I want to redo that one. Okay. Have a good day, Slag responded as she burrowed down into the bed sheets, poking her head through the folds of cloth as Natalie opened the door to leave. <laughs> you too, little one. She smiled and headed to work, praying that her home would still be there when she got back. Zack had just set his coffee down on his desk when a soft knock came at his office door. Christ, can't a man wake up before people start to bug him? "'Good to see that shitty attitude is consistent.' He recognized Natalie Locke's voice. "'What do you want?' Zack stood square, his hands stubbornly on his hips. He didn't want this woman anywhere near copper, and the small creature was currently asleep on his desk. He'd never liked the early mornings that were required for Zack's job. "'I had a question about dragons.' Her words caused his pulse to quicken. "'Look it up on the internet.' Zack strode forward confidently reaching for his door i did and i can't get a straight answer she sounded upset you see i took in a stray last night and she's pretty malnourished i wanted to ask you what the best source of protein would be for her zack paused if natalie had a dragon of her own perhaps she'd leave copper alone fish has highly digestible proteins and fats stay away from processed meats They tend to upset their digestive... Stay away from processed meats. They tend to upset their digestive tracts. Do you have an owner's permit? He heard her sigh. (sighs) No, I was going to apply on my way home tonight, though. Zach thought a moment more before turning around and pulling a notepad from his desk. He found a pen and scribbled down a few things, hopeful that his handwriting was legible. He tore off the sheet and walked back towards the woman. Since since she's off the street, these are some things you'll want to pick up. He handed her the paper. Good luck getting her to take the wormer. They hate it. (laughs) Thanks. He could hear the smile in her voice. I don't know if she'll stay with me, but I hope she does. What's she look like? Zack asked. He hadn't talked about dragons with anyone for quite a while. His worry had begun to fade into something akin to excitement. He wasn't used to having the same interests as another person. She's grayish, with a rainbow hue that glimmers when she moves. He knew the woman was using her hands to help describe the animal. He could hear the fabric of her uniform as it moved. She's pretty small, though, and I'm not sure if her wings are developed correctly. It's almost like she has an extra bone that protrudes from her radial. Oh, and she has horns. I haven't seen a street dragon with horns before. Zach decided to sit down and sip his coffee. (laughs) Huh, that's not a color you typically find in stray populations. As for the horns and the extra bone, she has likely got a little Romanian spiked dragon blood in her. It's uncommon around here in the strays, but a breeder did get in trouble a few years ago for dumping his failed breeding stock. How did you come across her? The woman groaned. A local gang was using her as her initiation sacrifice. Coffee nearly came out of his nose. "'Jesus, woman! Don't tell me you broke it up!' "'Well, yeah!' Her voice held tones of offense. "'I'm a cop. It's what we do.' "'Not alone! Are you nuts?' Zack set his mug down, afraid to take another sip. "'Which gang?' "'Sapphire Pence.' Her tone of nonchalance frightened him. Oh, hope to God you weren't in uniform. He stayed, not even trying to hide his concern. SPs hate our precinct because we busted their underground black magic trade operation two years ago. I wasn't. He heard the frame of his door creak slightly as she leaned on it. Poor dragon was an awful mess. They damn near broke every bone in our little body. <laughs> she ripped me up pretty good while I doctored her, too. I'm not surprised. Zach shook his head. What is surprising is that you have so little concern for your own life. How many of them were there? Just five little preteen wannabes. Natalie's voice had risen a fraction of an octave. She was lying. They weren't that hard to scare off. And how exactly did you do that? Zach knew damn well that SPs didn't recruit wannabes. They always found the meanest kids with the most magical talent. I guess I'm pretty scary in a back alley fight. He heard her push off the doorframe. Anyway, thanks for the advice. I really appreciate it. Wait a minute, Miss Locke. Zack allowed his authority to seep into his voice. Have a seat. I need to report to Betty. Her voice had shifted again. She was nervous. What was she hiding? Betty can wait. Zack stood and motioned towards the chair that he knew was in front of his desk. Sit. I want to hear more about this gang activity you witnessed. She'd begun to protest when another knock came at his door. This one was hard and urgent. Hail, Captain needs you. It was Detective Fickle. Said something about a special assignment. Great. Zack groaned tapping the snoozing dragon that laid on his desk. Come on, Copper. Looks like we have work to do for once. He felt the little dragon lazily climb up his arm and rest over his shoulders. Copper yawned and nuzzled into his neck, letting Zack know he was ready to guide him. Lock is against the left side of the door frame. As Zack passed her, he picked up the subtle scent of her perfume. It was sweet, like strawberries. For some reason... It didn't fit the woman he'd created in his mind. He wondered just how wrong his vision of Miss Natalie Locke was. Probably highly inaccurate. Not that it mattered. He'd never actually get to see her. We'll chat when I get back, he told her before pulling his office door closed. Who said I'll be here? He felt her lean into him as she whispered, Some of us actually have to work around here. Zack felt the gentle brush of air as she walked away from him. He'd never had another officer talk to him like that. Even Captain Levitt walked on eggshells around him. (laughs) I like her. Copper's voice snapped Zack out of his astonished stupor. We're heading to Captain's office. Zack got the little dragon back on track. Anything I might crash into? Mm, Lang didn't push in her chair, Laws left his trash in the aisle again, and the delivery guy stuck a bunch of packages by Captain's door. Copper answered as he surveyed the room. Wonderful, Zack replied as he stepped forward. He'd been blind for almost three years now, yet stepping into spaces like this always felt like walking into a trap. He walked with confidence, though carefully avoiding all obstacles as Copper guided him around the room. Now that Zack had figured out how to understand his surroundings through sound, he needed the little dragon less than when he'd first been blinded. But having him at his side was comforting. He utilized Copper in much the same way as a child desired their favorite toy or blanket. Zack just felt safer when the dragon was with him. He knocked on the captain's door, opening it without waiting for permission. You wanted to see me? Yes. Captain Levitt's voice held a serious tone that Zach knew well. He was about to be sent into the field. We've located the central storage facility that's been distributing black magic materials. The commissioner wants you to take it down. The whole building or just the operation? Zach clarified. You know I can do both. The whole building and everything inside. Zack heard papers rustling. Here's the file. There's believed to be a shipment of grave soil in there. Zack reached out, grasping the file as the captain placed it into his hand. Shit, that could be problematic if it got into the wrong hands. Definitely. Levitt lowered his voice. Lord knows the gangs have plenty of dead they could rise. I don't know about you, but I don't feel like dealing with an undead army. Yeah, no, I'd rather not. Zack laughed. When do I go in? Tomorrow, Levitt stood, gently pressing his hand into Zack's back to signal that it was time for him to leave. Spend your day today getting prepared. Let me know if you want anyone else to assist. <laughs> I won't need any help. Zack left and headed towards his office, his interaction with Miss Locke completely forgotten as he focused on a special assignment. A 2,000 square foot warehouse in the middle of the Lower Heights District. Copper read the file to him. That's an issue, Zach. Just means we can't use dynamite. Zach felt his lips curl in a smile. It had been a while since he'd gotten an exciting task. It's a warehouse full of black magic items. All we need to do is find black quartz, midnight fennel, and red sage. Then run like hell! Copper's sarcastic tone let Zack know he wasn't amused. You may like the idea of spending your life in a different dimension, but I don't. Oh, calm down. Zack closed the file and pulled his phone out of his pocket. Strategically placed, that spell is easily avoidable. Who are you calling? Zack watched as his human hit the home button. Call Stefani. As Zack said her name aloud, Copper smacked the phone from his hand and snatched it before it could hit the ground. Copper, what the fuck? The dragon was happy when the phone stated that it hadn't heard Zach's command. No, I'm putting my foot down, Zach. No, Stefani. I can deal with John, but not her. Give me the phone, Copper. Zack held out his hand, impatiently waiting for the dragon to obey. I need her to get me the sage. Find someone else! Copper shoved the phone under Zach's bookcase. You might think Stefani is on your side, but she's not. Every time you make a deal with her, you get screwed. I'm not watching you do this to yourself anymore. Damn it, Copper, give me my phone. Zach stood and slammed his hands on his desk. No, not unless you promise me you're not going to call her. It had been a long time since they'd gotten into a real fight, but Copper didn't care. He knew that if Zack met with Stefani, the sage wouldn't be the only thing he bought. Copper desperately didn't want to deal with Zack overdosing again. Who the hell else am I going to call to get red sage? Zack placed his hands on his hips stubbornly. His irritation had caused his face to flush. Copper didn't really care. You said it yourself, Zack. It's a warehouse full of black magic materials. The little dragon pushed the phone further under the bookshelf with his tail. We'll find it when we get there, just like we'll find the quartz and the fennel. Fine. Whatever. Just give me the phone. Copper watched as Zack dropped his arms in feet, holding out his hand once more. Promise me you won't call her. Copper was determined. I promise. Zack spoke aloud sincerely. And if I break that promise, you can rip my ear off. Deal. Copper flicked the phone out from under the bookshelf with his tail, sending it skittering across the office before he leapt onto Zach's desk. Zach groaned and carefully lowered himself to the floor, feeling for the device where he'd heard it come to a stop. You're an asshole, Copper. Just to drive home his point, Copper knocked a stack of papers off the desk. I'm the only person on this planet you haven't driven away. I've earned the right to be an asshole, just like you. Zach didn't respond. He just picked up the mess. He knew his dragon was right. He didn't need Stefani for anything other than a new hospital bill. Why had he automatically tried to call her? His phone started buzzing, making it much easier to find. As his fingers made contact with it, the automated voice reminded him of his appointment with Dr. Tory. What time is it? Zack asked as he stood holding the stack of jumbled papers in his arms. 6 p.m., Copper responded. You missed a paper. Can you get it? By the time I find it will be late. Zack set the stack down on his desk and reached for his jacket that was on the back of his chair. Copper obliged, silently picking up the paper and dropping it onto the stack before he settled into his place on Zack's shoulders. As Zach strode out of the office, his phone buzzed again. He pulled it from his jacket as the automated voice called out, Incoming call from... Emily. Zach paused, as did everyone else in the office. He could feel them staring at him. They all knew that his relationship with his sister had taken the hardest hit of any after his blinding. Zack bit the inside of his cheek and started walking again, his thumb finding the button needed to answer the call. Uh, hey. His voice shook as he answered. He missed his little sister. They'd been incredibly close as children. They knew everything about each other, even things their parents had no idea about. She had tried to help him after the blinding, and he'd shoved her away. It was single-handedly the biggest mistake he'd ever made. Not a day went by that he didn't regret it. Zack, uh, this is Andrew. Zack hadn't expected to hear her husband's voice. Oh, um, hi, Andrew. Zack put his free hand on the metal bar of the station's front door, shoving it open. The last time he'd talked to his brother-in-law, they had gotten into a fistfight. Emily is, um, God, how do I say this? Andrew was obviously struggling to deliver bad news. Look, I know you and I didn't exactly part on good terms, so I'm already highly alarmed by this phone call. Just spit it out. Zach shoved his free hand into his pocket, listening carefully to copper as he navigated the city sidewalk. (sighs) Emily wants to see you. Andrew sighed, and truthfully, so do I. Would you have time to stop by the hospital tonight after you get off work? Hospital? Zach froze, fear immediately welling up in his chest. She's dying, Zach. Andrew's words hit him like a Mack truck under full load. Which hospital? Zach asked with urgency. St. Lou Ren West. His brother-in-law's voice seemed completely drained of life. We don't know how much time she has left. I'll be there in twenty minutes. Zack hung up the phone and turned, stepping up to the curb of the street and raising his hand to hail a cab when Copper instructed him to. Call Dr. Tory and let him know why you're not going to be there, Copper insisted as they settled into the back of the vehicle. Zach gave the driver the hospital's name and then dialed the psychiatrist. He provided the receptionist a brief message for the doctor and then spent the rest of his ride nervously chewing every single fingernail, ruining all of Wei's hard work. This concludes Chapter 3 of The Lure of a Traitor. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll return next week for Chapter 4. (coughs)